All right, everybody, welcome back to The Underdogs, a podcast dedicated to covering the twists, turns, laughs, and tears of the Emmy Award-winning Apple TV series, Ted Lasso. And look, we're going to be veering a little off the standard course of action for the episodes that we put together. And Brandon, why is that? Well, today we are previewing season three of Ted Lasso, set to release on Wednesday, March 15th. But we have a special twist. You hear the noise, you hear the background. Guess what? We are actually recording in a pub in Richmond known as The Crown and Anchor. In real life, it's The Prince's Head, but here we are recording live, Nick, from the actual pub in the show. Yeah, it's it's pretty special stuff for us, and, and you know, we got to walk around a little bit today, see Richmond. You know, our, our crew went into the shops, into the pubs, and uh, just really excited to be here. You know, we have our, our beers here, so uh, quick cheers to everybody. There we go. Start that off. And, uh, and of course, you know, my normal prompt here is if you could follow us and engage with us at Pod Underdogs, that would be fantastic. It would be like having a virtual beer in a virtual pub. Absolutely. So let's kick out the episode like we always do with a three-word episode, except this time season preview. Yes. All right. Uh, we're here. Season three. Yep. Uh, we'll get into a lot of the, the important parts about it, but I went with the final boss. That's a good there, one. Ooh, is, I like that. There is a lot of buildup between the man in the black suit, oh, so yeah. I won't spoil anyone else's, but I'm going final boss. Nick, what about you? Uh, I'm going with the Jedi Returns. Uh, there is a, a kind of well-known format that Sudeikis is following along you know, the Star Wars line where season one is A New Hope, season two is Empire Strikes Back, and that means season three, Dan, is The Return of the Jedi. So. All right, looking forward to the Ewoks in this season then. Yep. <laughs> I went with Stash versus Suits. Ooh. Different what? ideologies going head to head. What could it mean? I don't know. Well, we're going to leave the cliffhangers there. We are going to take a quick ad break. So when we're back, we're jumping right into season three, all about the trailer. Here we go. All right. So season three trailer dropped. Uh, we were trying to figure out when this was going to happen. We thought it'd be April or May. Yeah. yeah. Apple out of nowhere goes, okay, we're ready. Well, Boom. Go. N- not all of us thought it was going to be April or May. Did we, Dan? No. <coughs> no, I was wrong on that <coughs> one. Dan? I thought I thought it was I thought based upon the release cadence of Apple TV shows that we were going to find ourselves in a situation where it was dropping in April May. This this beer that I'm drinking is Dan's uh, lovely payment for the bet that we made uh, that the season will release in March. That's so true. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate and it. who thought we would be having that beer in the pub itself? Look, no better place. A little disappointed May's yep. not here, but you know what? We'll, we'll roll the punches. <laughs> well, they gave her the day off. That's yeah, really, gave her the day off. really yeah. kind of them. Shout out to the staff. They are brilliant. They are letting us record in here. Uh, yes. But anyways, trailer, trailer, trailer. Um, it's funny you said Star Wars. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, this is like almost like an action thriller like based on the trailer you know he had the flashes to nate flashes to ted flashes to jamie tart you know yeah. he's clearly the big time player of this team has ted finally cracked through to him there's yeah there's building up these three or four big narratives this season nick and um we're just gonna have to as usual see how it all unfurls yeah D- dan uh is probably the biggest apple fanatic of, of our group although we all partake in the uh in, in, in the Apple religion, if it will. But, uh, you know, I think Apple cuts some of the best trailers uh, for, for their shows that any network does, and this is no exception. I think when this came out um, last Monday, I was 
trying to focus on my normal life stuff and that trailer completely took over <laughs> what I was meant to do that day and I, I sincerely like just loved every part about it and you know I think for a lot of people we haven't seen anything Ted Lasso for over a year and a half like it's been a long time hard withdrawal right yeah I mean we last recorded season two in in August of, of 21, right? It's, it's March of 23 now. So this is the first time we got to see our favorite characters in some time. And you know, I thought I thought the trailer was excellent and kind of brings everybody back in. They also did that uh, cute little Valentine's Day thing too. Dan, yeah. So. Well, as we're recording this, it's been seven days since the trailer released. Currently has. 5.1 million views on the <laughs> oh Apple TV YouTube account. Is anybody in excited about this? No, uh, no. Look, there might be a few people, but a lot of their other videos are in the one and a half million. So clearly, just another social indicator showing you how excited people are. I know, Nick, you and I have talked about the fact that our parents watch it, our yeah. siblings watch it. It's something that transcends interest in football the way that the story is told and oh yeah uh, you know i think we're, we're seeing this now too is that there, there are people who maybe not as big football as big football fans who are talking to us about the show because they love the narrative structure they love the conflict that exists and they love that it's a workplace comedy yeah. drama or dramedy where people are really getting a chance to have those real human moments that's that's why we kind of break up the script the way that we do, right? It, because it's not just a football show. It's really a workplace comedy that's like has a layer of football on it, right? But it's not, I mean, when people are like, oh, you like, you know, you like Ted Lasso, isn't it all about soccer? It's like, no, I mean, soccer is like 10% of the show. It's really about the people, the personalities, and, you know, all your favorite sorts of humor bits that, that you'd ever want in a show. So it's something that's pretty special. So what we know is that season three comes out on Wednesdays. So it'll release on Wednesdays. Previously, it was Friday, sometimes Thursday night, yeah, you know, midnight a little Pacific sneak. time. Yeah. Uh, it'll be uh, 12 episodes like season two. Uh, unlike season two, which they had to go back and record two bonus episodes, I think they're going to get this done in one shot. Yeah. Um, but, Dan, it is conflicting with The Mandalorian. Do they feel like tough it's beat for Disney? Yeah, tough whoa. beat for Disney Plus. That look, they've already talked about it in the earnings calls. That streaming is a really challenging business, and Apple just has the bags of tech money still that they're able to put into the truck and drop it whenever they they fit, feel fit to do so. Look, I, I wouldn't often bet against Pedro Pascal. No. Just it, it feels like a stupid bet, but I do think that the streaming numbers, if they get announced, which very rarely do. Apple TV will be very happy with what they're oh, seeing yeah. from Ted Lasso season three. Yes. The other thing that we think we know, Nick, is that this is probably the last season, <gasps> at least for Sudeikis. If they want to continue it, I think that they're going to have to do it without Ted, his character. What do you know? Yeah, I mean, so he, actually, as I wrote this last night in the wee hours of the morning, uh, he came out with a couple of quotes and when asked if this is going to be it, he said, I mean, that's how we went about writing it, we, that we wanted to close this chapter of it. So much changed when you hire writers, when you cast it, just based on the elements of the day. And essentially, it was like, this thing could have been a, you know, in, in relation to se season three, 
could have been a sticky turd <laughs> or it could have just been what it is and people you know still not like it and still not get to do it the fact that we get to do it is lovely um but he's he's talked a lot about the pressure to deliver this season right and the pressure essentially is you know around like how do you make a good ending we've seen game of thrones recently come under a lot of fire for not having a good ending to what was a magnificent tv show otherwise and he's like gosh i mean the pressure i know i felt from within within the little confines of our circle that write the show including Brett goldstein who plays roy kent uh to write the show to make the show and then to edit the sh- uh, edit the show so far we have uh, a bit of a bar to hit and dan i think that is a uh, pretty Pretty much, he's feeling internal pressure, not external pressure. Which is so here's, here's what tends to happen when a show is successful. You start to see individuals in those shows get new opportunity because of increased profile oh, yeah. and exposure. I mean, Brett Goldstein is producing across multiple shows in the Apple TV universe of productions, but he's also getting... A Marvel role in the future that uh, you know people haven't watched certain movies. I won't spoil, but like you know, he's getting into the MCU, so there's going to be start to be a lot of time commitment draws for this group of actors. Not all of them, but some of them are already in high demand or are going to be in higher demand at the end of this season, and so it's just going to become more and more expensive to do the show in future seasons. And we saw it with Friends, right? The the cost of a contract continues to escalate for these individuals. And the availability to shoot is another challenge. So ultimately, do they have the time availability, Brandon? Do they have the necessary hours, availability, money, and also story as well to be able to put out a fourth season that they feel really hits the artistic vision they're going for too? We've gotten snippets. A lot of the cast and and you know directors have have given us little tidbits here and there. Nick, right, right, right. And yeah. it's funny. I remember Hannah Waddingham's speech when she won an award. It was like, I would kill for Jason Sudeikis. Like what he's given me is like been the world. I think a lot of people would kill for Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. And it's because the show has done so much for their careers and things. Oh yeah. And I think Jason would be excited to like lo- like launch or relaunch the careers of these people. Anyways, the, well, I mean, he, he said that he like, people have been antsy for this, right? Like they're, they've been like very desperate to have more lasso in their lives. And, and he said, certainly, I understand people's desire and concern about when it's coming out. I couldn't have I couldn't help but have that enter my personal space. But I always had an idea of when that was going to be all along. So I was just trying to keep my nose to the grindstone. And I think, you know, just finish the thing. And, you know, we've heard, you know, reports about delays in production and, and rewrites and character arc changes. And that to me, I think I, I'm a measure twice, cut once kind of guy. Right. I want to be damn sure of what I'm doing before I before I put something out in the world. Right. And so I understand his point of view there, because if he were to put out something subpar, he'd never forgive himself mm. because the, the the show has been so strong and so much of a people a part of people's lives to this point. So I'm happy that they took a little bit longer to get it right. Well, I think, you know, with a lot of that, obviously, you know, we're we're extra excited as Chelsea fans. We got to see Chelsea in the trailer. Um, so we know that, like, for, for us, you know, it'll be fun to kind of see our favorite team. But, again, you know, they're, they're going for the Premier League. They're, we're going to see what happens, you know, back with the big boys. Uh, again, the trailer did drop a lot of hints. Before, before we get stuck into the, to the actual mechanics of it, 
I'm going to throw this to Dan because, Dan, I, I went back and looked at the music selection for each one of the Ted Lasso You do your seasons. homework. You Look, do your I'm, homework. I am ready to roll on this thing. Uh, season one's trailer music was actually split into two. Yep. Uh, Underdog by Spoon. Great song. Huh. Great band. Weird. Kind of syncs with our podcast name a little bit. Uh, and then the second song was Like an American, performed by the Vistas. Also great song. Yep. Season two, of course, Under Pressure by Queen and David Pretty Bowie. Pretty good song. Yeah. Kind of popular, those yeah. those guys. Well Just known. a little bit. And then season three is You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones. Message. Yeah. Is there Meaning. any significance, Stan, to what you're, what, you're, what you're seeing here with the lyrics? That maybe if you try sometimes, you might get what you need. You just might find. You get what you, you need. You might find that. Look, they always, especially with the Apple Music licenses, like they do such a good job. Didn't they also use Frank Turner's uh, music though for like the short, like pre-trailer that they did? Yes, like yeah, believe yeah. is kind of the yeah, you know, still believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're they're you know do, doing a lot with that. They they do love that kind of folksy, you know, Mumford and Sons esque sound that they they have obviously in the, the main trailer. We've kind of is heard that, throughout the is show. Is that why well. we picked our song that we did then? Maybe. Maybe that was an influence. Again, Jason Sudeikis cares, as do we, bringing it all Damn together. Right. Um, all right, so we have a lot of the on-the-pitch kind of football stuff here. Um, from what we got to see, breaking some stuff down. When we Reminder, when we left Richmond, they had just been promoted back to the Premier League once again. Um, we're talking millions, like tens, if not $100 million more in revenue from going from essentially in America is kind of like college sports where they there's a lot of money, but now you're in the NFL, there is buttloads it's of It's like money. XFL or NFL yeah, type of differences. Minor league baseball to major league baseball, yeah. right? I mean, this is... You're going from hot dog and beer night to yeah. no need to do any yeah. promotions yeah. at halftime. So, yeah, just to alert our friends who are maybe not as uh, football-focused, uh, yeah, when you, when you go up to the Premier League, it is a huge, huge, huge financial uh, boon for you. It, it, it can change a town's trajectory. Uh, like the, that's not understating it. I mean, it is a massive amount of money because the TV contracts in the Premier League are so big and TV contracts, kit sponsor, yep, brand sponsors at the ground. There's a lot of opportunity to commercialize your team as an asset when you're in the Premier League versus yeah. being in the, the championship, which is the one position lower that AFC Richmond in this fictional world were in the prior season. And we got a kit sponsor, Nike. And that's yeah. probably a personal phone call Sudeikis made. <laughs> I mean, if the you, dude's a sneakerhead. Well, for those a kit, don't they're know. the kit manufacturer. So Banter is still the kit sponsor, yeah, the which is yeah, the name truth. one on it. But yeah. They, yeah, they moved off of the, the old one, and they're on Nike stuff now. And it, of course, just looks better. The new kits look amazing. It's that uh, same template that Barcelona had in 2005, I think, where it's like a half red, half blue, little yellow trim around. It's a nice-looking shirt. I mean, admittedly, it's really nice. So, again, we've uh, leveled up on some things. Uh, we see that the team is struggling, and then it appears the good vibes are back. Many shots of Ted looking at a dejected team in the locker room. Ted, Beard, and Roy are the coaches, which I guess is good to see. We probably assumed that. I mean, yeah, we would have hoped, right? Roy has that kind of a chip on his shoulder type of a thing to go down and come back mm -hmm. up. And then, obviously, uh. Jamie potentially being back to his best. Like I said, there's a lot of Jamie Tart promos. 
yeah, Jamie's going to feature heavily in this, what it looks like. Grew we, his we, hair out. We see him a little, you know, dejected in the locker room. We see him doing the... Uh, little winner-winner football dinner, potentially, you know, for uh-oh. him. Uh-oh. Maybe uh-oh. maybe an early, uh-oh. like, spoiler for uh, oh, our Dark man. Horse. Man, Dark Horse for the season. That's interesting. Uh, we see Isaac as captain, but also... One Sam Obisanya. Boom! There, There is a really interesting, like, there are a lot of theories out there as to how Sam becomes the captain, and I, I'm very curious to see how that goes, because, I mean, is it that Isaac's injured? Do we, do we get one of those Roy situations from season one where he has to name his replacement, and then... Maybe he's suspended for a game, yeah, gets, picks up maybe, a red card yeah. or something, so you pick up a red card in a game, you're, you're out for the next yeah. game or series of games, yeah. and so... You know, it's likely that then another player has to take over the duties of being captain. And it was just so obvious it was yeah. going to be Sam. Yeah. Again, called it. Maybe. I don't know if it's that called obvious. It. But it's, it's good to hear, good to read. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, the new look of Nate as manager of West Ham, which, remember, Rupert bought right at the end of season two. Yep. Holy smokes, he is like Darth Vader looking, Nate. Yeah, man, that gray, that gray came in quicker than mine, man. It was, uh, it was pretty heavy, and you know, I think you see a lot of shots of Nate looking uh, unsure, maybe, or disappointed. And there was a, you know, Nick Muhammad, who's the actor, put out a, a tweet after the trailer leaked of of him getting the the window seat at that at the Taste of Athens. And his quote was, "But at what cost?" And I think that's kind of the Nate character arc right now. Like, he got what he wanted, right? Um, he's we'll he's uh, Darth Vader serving uh, Emperor Palpatine of Rupert. And does he really want to do the thing? Does he really think he can bring somebody over the dark side? Or is he going to turn at the end? Interesting. Well, and also, I remember... So, he the Nick, the actor... Was getting like oh, man. hate a tweets at the shit. end of season, season yeah. two, which <laughs> is, is not the same person right. as his character. No. Right. But, but good he, reminder, he did represent, and he you know he would go that. So I think this is a good reminder. End of season two, Nate, the character was the villain, turning yeah. on Ted, crossing, thinking he's too good, you know, essentially sabotaging. And I remember that like that that hate and anger towards the character. And so it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, they really built Nate up at the end of season two. I almost forgot. But, like, he was probably getting the most tweets, like, about it at the end of season two. But but Nate, as we know, is not big bad. No. Rupert is big bad. Yeah. Right? And so this is a – it's going to be a pretty fascinating look to see how Rupert's character – uh, finishes his villain arc in season three uh, because you know damn well that he's going to be up to shenanigans. Yeah, so obviously he's at West Ham, which is an East London club. So them and Richmond are very close to each other. So it, it makes sense that Rupert, you know, would buy a club close by. Uh, especially, you remember, I wondered though, he would have had to divest his minority share in mm-hmm. Richmond and to buy the Premier League, you yep. know? So it's all these like shifting and moves and things that he had That's to do. That's why he make gave it. up the shares for Rebecca. Yep, ma- had to make it happen. Um, what about Ted being in the stands at West Ham supporting Nate with Henry, his son, wearing a what? hammer yeah, skit? Yeah. It was an interesting one. Reverse psychology. It could be a little bit of that. It could also just be the fact that Ted's eternal optimism as a character is just on display. And the hardest thing when someone has wronged you is to turn the other cheek. And that is a Ted Lasso truism 
that his character is capable of a, a, a level of forgiveness that most standard individuals who don't live in a TV world are incapable of. Ted does not stop coaching, right? He never stopped coaching Jamie. Yeah. He's not going to stop coaching Nate. He, he, is, he is eternally a coach. It, it is very odd that another Premier League manager would be at a Premier League game for another team. So you, you do see examples. In the stands. You, like, you, you, would, you, you would be in the box or you would something. Be, you would be in the yeah. box. I mean, typically you see, like, an international manager, like, at a yeah, game. But yeah. you don't usually see another Premier League manager because typically the matches are either, like, Saturday and yeah. Sunday, occasionally on Monday. Um, but there, there really are a few times when he wouldn't be like working to get ready for his match, which would be on the same day or the following day. And so there would be a lot of work happening still to get ready for that or travel to it, ultimately. So they've got a new character as well. So Samuel Peter Cox has joined the cast. Um, so he's going to bring in, obviously, a new perspective, a new uh, you know, play to the game. Um, he, it's funny, you know, his tweet, he's like, I have no idea how I managed to find time to fill the, film this while we're going. Why is that? Well, I mean, he's a coach. There you go. An actual coach uh, and former player, of course. And so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, he ends up factoring into this because the, the promo would have you believe that he essentially is, uh, you know, West Ham's like star player. He's their yeah. number ten, right? And the number ten holds significance in in soccer ideology. That's typically your most creative or or best flair player. And so there, there's a scene where he, you know, he gets cut down by one of Richmond's players. Perhaps Isaac going in for a hard tackle, uh, and and letting Richmond have it. Um, and so it, it'll be really interesting after that to kind of see how he factors into the fray because they've confirmed that uh, Richmond will play West Ham twice in this season. Yeah, which is normal. Uh, again, we saw them play Chelsea uh, at Stamford Bridge Chelsea Stadium, which was fun. Uh, Ted continues to make journalists laugh in the press conferences, which, again, keeping the good vibes oh, going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Trent Krim left. But he does feature... Exactly. In the trailer. Maybe yeah. he started That's, his own podcast. I'm looking at off the pitch for that one. Yeah. So, again, just tying, there, connecting dots. There, but. There's, a little, there's a little kind of fun thing that's popped up in the, in the fan lore, um, which is this trip to Amsterdam. Uh, this was rumored to be a part of the show. We get them on the bus. We get Ted wearing an orange sweater, much like Dan is right now. Um, it's at, cold. At the it's pub. cold in London, my it man. Is, it is cold right now. Uh, and they, they take a trip to Amsterdam, and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how this will work because they're not in any sort of European competition or anything. But yeah. preseason game, maybe. Maybe, yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of what I thought, is that like, structurally, why would they go to Amsterdam, right? And so you would have to finish in the top four of the Premier League to go play in the Champions League. You can get the next two spots, so five and six. You can go to the Europa League, which is another inter-country competition. And then there's Europa Conference League for, for seventh uh, seventh place. So like, yeah. th th being just promoted, you effectively are at the bottom rung of coming back in. You would not be a part of that competition maybe, structure. Maybe it's a team bonding trip, and they're going to go have some fun in Amsterdam. You know, middle of the season, they're struggling. You know, some teams will go to warm weather training camps or something like that. Change the vibes. Maybe they're going to to Jan Moss's home place. I don't know. Yeah, his, his ancestral home. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Kronigan. 
But that is going to wrap up on the pitch. So after ad break, we're going to jump into off the pitch and keep the good times rolling. So again, thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, so uh, as I alluded to earlier, I was trying to bridge the gap. Trent Krim, what is he doing? Again, he was he kind of like said thanks to Ted. He's going to move on, no longer be at the Independent. But sure, shit, there he is right in the trailer. Can't get, can't get rid of him. Yeah. And by the way, I should clarify, he was fired from the Independent. I mean, we, we remember that he got fired because he gave up Nate as the source to Ted. And, and that was a just a, a friend being a friend, right? And that's against professional code of conduct. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't necessarily that anyone, anybody was going to know. It's just Trent's standards yeah. for himself are so high in, this, in his character that he fired himself yeah that he announced what he did and he said that he's looking for something deeper I, like what that is i don't know is he gonna do a, a richmond podcast maybe or biopic is he gonna, on ted or yeah, something is, is he making a documentary is he doing it like i i think it would make so much sense the way that apple markets things for them to drop a companion podcast that is like Trent Crims on Apple Podcasts. Oh, interesting. That would tie okay. into the, maybe they're like five to ten minutes, something like just very light, very Let, good let's get him on know, the show. integration. But that that could be where he heads. I mean, that that is where media has gone for a lot of this, is that if you're... If you are your your own brand, that you could have a, a Substack or a newsletter or a podcast, and really leverage oh, yeah. that. So I'm I'm hopeful that that's where they go with, with Trent's character. He's such a good character. You you want him around. Yeah. So Ted, obviously, um, he he's back. So surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Shock. So you got to wonder, especially as we talked about at the beginning with the actors and the directors and writers talking about it, is this his last season with the club? We see him walking through the locker room in a melancholy way at the beginning of the trailer. We got to figure out how he's coping with anxiety. We see him clench his hands again, so we know that that is going to continue. Obviously, you saw him with Henry in the stands. I'm sure he misses his son. He was ready to be let go at the end of season one because of bad performances. Dr. Sharon, is she going to be back? What are we doing with her and their relationship? There's just so many things that season two left kind of open the up in the air that they're going to be able to like pick your own adventure throughout this one. Like I season two was crazy ending and we're going to pick it up here. Yeah. I'm excited to see Ted's kind of final character arc. I mean, I think Jason's made it seem like this is going to be about it for Ted and, you know, whether he moves on and, and all that sort of stuff is, is kind of secondary to the fact that, like, he still has a lot of shit he's dealing with. And, you know, it's not it's not just, you know, the divorce. It's it's a lot of, like, past trauma. And, you know, to see someone get better or to make progress towards getting better, not, not that they're going to ever get better, but to make progress is really key here, Dan. And I, I'm excited to see how he copes with all this. It'll be interesting to watch his character evolve throughout the season. I do think you'll see... What I'm hopeful is, as much as Ted as a character helps others, finding time to become more of a a footballing expert in some capacity yeah, yeah. to have some better understanding of the game. I, I think those type of jokes... A third season in management might fall a little, yeah. little soft at this point, and so I'm sure there'll be one or two because that is just the nature of the, 
stranger in a strange land type of mentality that they try to bring to his character, Brandon. But ultimately, there are a lot of other relationships that we could kind of dive into as well. Just, just to quickly say, I think I said at the end of season two that I hope Ted was spurred on by Nate's absolute nonsense in the end of season two and then he came out and became a little bit more tactically aware edgier a little bit more grit you know and and let his players do the talking like he's never yeah. going to be the guy right to go and talk smack to someone that's yeah. not him but let his players go out and absolutely school nate who thinks he's a genius i think that would be a really fun arc for him yeah maybe beard takes it a bit more personal too you know he is the tactics guy on the team uh, and beard will stand up for his friend we know that yeah, yeah. Oof, what about this one? You, I, this is not the reminder I wanted. <laughs> this oh, is you. Your I favorite relationship I, in the entire I show. I denied it and denied it and denied it, but Rebecca and Captain can't, Sam. Can't deny the heart. Sam Obisani and Rebecca, after the Grinder app, finally came to the realization. the Grind's banter. Grindr. Banter, oh my God. <laughs> okay, we should edit that one out. <laughs> uh, look, I Just think that that I'm is no, a... I'm pick it up again. Okay. We're not using that at all. No, but from them having their their connection on the banter app, thanks to Keeley, and then you know coming to the realiza- realization at the pub face to face that they're actually waiting for each other. Oh yeah, we saw you know some moments and things. I'm still de- denying it, but you assume that it can't just be done. I think they will be done. I, I think I think that where you saw Sam and Dan is that he's gonna kind of forge his own path, and I think he knows the kind of person that he wants but that she's not really available to him. And, you know, I think he's going to move on before she does. To stop on the journey for both of them. Exactly. I think that they will both benefit and grow from the relationship that they've had with one another. But Rebecca is clearly on a path. Sam is on a path. I mean, Sam was being offered the opportunity to be the face of a franchise and to help relaunch it and to go, you know, be amongst kind of his... You know, his home culture. Oh, yeah. And so there was a lot of opportunity for him as a player, which up-and-coming stars in football do tend to get a lot of massive opportunities available. I I would imagine that you might get a scene very late in the season where Rebecca sees Sam out with someone, and that might then cause the the conflict conversation. But realizing that maybe she's happy for him because yeah. he's found a person who will be available to him kind of fully, both that, you know, not hiding from, you know, any type of prying eyes in terms of the the thing that she was trying to do, Rebecca was trying to do to Ted at the beginning of season one, where she was trying to get him framed, there's a very high likelihood that there might be a scandal opportunity to oh, be in the press where Sam is Maybe outed as the you know Rebecca's mystery interest, lo- love interest. All right. Well, um, the one that I am not denying is Keely and Roy, which is obviously grown and grown and grown. You and are a stan. Wow. Season one to season two, big fan of this one. You're really out on a limb there. But weird scene. They're sitting on a bed together at Jamie's. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of fan theory out there that Jamie has a family moment um, that is you know a little more on the tragic side. Maybe there's a, a parent who dies or something and and they're they're all kind of rallying around him back in in his house uh north of manchester as as we know and we you know we left season two not knowing if 
they were going to stick together, and it looks like they're still together. And I hope they remain together because they make sense. Yeah. I need one thing to last yeah, through this please, episode. Come on. Everything yeah, else out. has not lasted. No, it's, it'll be interesting, though, because they put Jamie on this growth trajectory where he's becoming more emotionally available. He may not ever have the same desire to be the young girl from A Wrinkle in Time and deal with the challenges of leadership that Roy did. But I would be interested to see how they evolve his character and, and make it where it could happen. Like, it, it does feel very much like it, it could end either way. Interesting. I, I mean, I I've think... not I've not said no to the fact that Jamie and Keeley could be back together by the end of the season. Let me do it for you. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think... Again, much like we were talking about Rebecca and Sam, I think Keeley was a stop along his his journey as well, and that he'll find what he's looking for now, that he's a little bit more mature and, and available. And again, that's my heart speaking, Dan. We can still be friends. You're um, welcome. Ted and Sassy. Huh? Ted and Sassy? Can make moving home a little bit more complicated. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting part about the Ted and Sassy thing is that, like, they also make a ton of sense. Mm. Like, to me, I, I like I think that her introduction in season one lifted the show tremendously. And, you know, even the little bits in season two that we got of her, uh, you know, I think give him a place to, to kind of call home a little bit. There are a lot of people shipping Ted and Rebecca. No way. Which I was like, like even that weirder be, than Sam, I think. It would be the blockbuster headline. Yeah, I just, and I don't so know, I think man. people are pitching it because it would be like the holy shit moment. I think, I think they will continue just to be have a respect for one another as friends through the well, way that that's they're... That's where I'm at. Also, yeah. boss and direct report, there's a professional element to this, I, I too. I mean, same with Sam. Um... And she at least acknowledged it. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I, I don't know if I actually see the Ted and Sassy relationship going much further this season. I mean, I think, really? I think that it, it will maybe have one or two kind of call out moments, but I think in general, like, Ted is going to be super focused on, like, pouring back into people because he was unavailable for large parts of last season. And you saw what that did to okay. Nate. You saw what that did to other people around him in his sphere, and you get the chance to see you know, his son at the game. Maybe he's pouring back into the people around him, and maybe that doesn't free him up to have like a, a true romantic relationship. Well, sure. Don't forget, it'll probably come down to Dr. Sharon and what she tells him is best for him as well. <laughs> if yeah. she's Whether, in it, I don't know if she got cast right. but to that's, that's reprise her role. I mean, maybe in like a one-off. Or I, like could a, I could just see, though... They don't whether, always release full cast list, though, they, man. They don't. I mean, but also, like, if you were going to cameo in a single episode, or maybe it's uh, Dr. Sharon is sending him a text message. Well, a, a, really, a really clever way to not actually have her in the show if the actor is unavailable, but to keep that character alive. Correct. The phone call, or the text, yes. or the, the email. Voice notes. Yeah. Or they're just meeting off camera, right? Yeah. And then he's bringing that into the conversation. Right. You know, he could sit there with, um, you know, in office with Beard and everyone and just talk about. Oh yeah, when I met with Dr. Sharon, she said X Y Z. So yeah. there, that's also the other variation. And then lastly, Rupert is he going to remain the big bad? Is he going to is he going to do his thing the whole time? He's allegedly probably a dad by now. Is he he have well, a change of heart? That was his like note on everything, right? It's that he's changed 
And, you know, that's Heard like, that before. Yeah, that's kind of like <laughs> that whole deal. But, like, I, there's some new casting that's kind of come into play. Some VCs, I think, are going to come in. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if he remains the big bad. That could be another little bit of misdirection. But I think for the continuation of the show, like, I need him. Because he is such a good villain. I, I mean, mean, could he put his beloved Richmond to the sword? I think he would want to. I'm pretty sure he would. The interesting thing is how soon does Nate realize that he was hired to be another yes. knife Cog. in the back yeah. versus because he is the true footballing genius. Like totally. he, I, I think his fall and realization is going to come at the hands of not like the results are I think I think his results will not be perfect. I think that might even be I think he's going to get fired. I think it might be like a relegation situation Ooh. where either West Ham or Richmond are about to Last go down. Day of the season. And Ted Ted keeps them up <sighs> and West Ham were to go down. Now, that would just be tasty, wouldn't it? I'm just trying to come up with like really, like really cool storylines. We we see in the show too that that Richmond plays Man City again, mm-hmm. and what looks like Wembley. And yeah. I wonder if there's an arc oh, there Cup. too. Yeah, they played around with cups, you know. And, and interesting, you know. They got to Wembley, obviously. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and leave it there. Like a lot on the table, you know. I think we've perked enough ears in, in that yeah. one. A lot, of, a lot of fan theory out there. But why not do the Crown and Anchor pub trivia from the actual pub as we sit here, Yeah. but a, with a little bit of a twist, right? Because obviously we're here. There's not a lot that, you know, we want to pull trivia out from the trailer. Shit, the whole thing is no, a trivia. No. It's open-ended. Yeah, 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 yeah. So instead, Nick, you did a great job. You pulled some fun things that happened specifically in the pub that exactly. we're sitting in. So go ahead. All right. So question one. Uh, and this is one of my favorite quotes from season two. What does Jamie call quote unquote old people in season two while he's at the pub with Ted? It's a very uh, specific reference uh, and it's a very positive reference. Uh, number two, we know that there are three main quote unquote pub goers, right? That are supporters who don't have season tickets who just come to the pub. Uh, what are their names? You know, if they put their beer allowance towards season tickets, they Maybe might they be go. able to afford yeah. it. I hope we get to see them go to a game in season three. Yeah, That'd be good. especially if they're going to Wembley. Maybe maybe Ted can put them in the, uh, in the country singer uh, will call list. That'd be fun. Uh, number three, what do the pub goers watch that upsets Rebecca's mother while they were at the pub for lunch? A lot of shouting. Just yeah. call that out. Yeah. Number four. Are the fish and chips wrapped in newspaper at this pub? Yes or no? It's key detail it around key London. Detail. After this, I think we're going to go have fish and chips, I, and we'll let you know what goes I, on there. I think that's the play. And then number five, name one of the beers on tap at the Crown and Anchor in the show. That's all I'm asking for is just one. And they drink a lot here, so you could probably name a, a handful. But but look, this has been fun. The Crown and Anchor pub trivia from our Crown and Anchor, i.e. the Prince's Head and uh, very excited to uh, to be here and uh, and wrap our season three preview for sure. Uh, but before we do that, instead of announcing a winner winner football dinner, aka who won the season, we're gonna make some predictions. And yes. this is tough because I've been thinking about this. I mean, you think Keeley's growing, Roy really grew in mm-hmm. season two. I'm you know beards no you know 
no second player in that sense. I mean, obviously Ted is the easy one, but Jamie, Jamie, where do you go with this? So I'm gonna write you down as Jamie Tart, so that is locked in. Ooh, fascinating. Yeah, Nick, what about you? Um, Nate. I, I think there will be a huge character arc swing for Nate, like there was for Rebecca. The thing is, so if he wins, here, here's here's the theory. If he wins, he is basically gonna ru run the run the table second at the, of the end, season. second of the season, like <laughs> yeah, episode yeah, five, yeah. six, seven, eight, hit, 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 hit. Yeah. Because I don't think he's gonna win an episode for the first few. I think like yes. the first three to five, you're not gonna like we're we're not gonna like him enough as a character to give him. A respect like the respect of a dub. I agree. And it looks like we had Ted running away in season two as well. And I think just to not take the possibly the most obvious choice, I will go with Roy. Um, it just is like an outside punt as well. I think that's a smart pick, especially based on what you guys did. I want a little bit of variety it's in a there. Plus two hundred pick right there. And I would there, never you know? pick Nate just on principle. <laughs> <laughs> I have not uh, forgiven him for the end of season two. Another sneaky pick would be Sam. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sam might be like a plus five hundred. You might yeah. get like a lot of value in that pick because you don't know what's going to happen yeah, with him. I, Clearly, they're becomes captain. Some yeah. something happens. That's what I'm saying. Clearly, he's got a role. You just don't know. All right. Well, no, no Trent Cram at like plus uh, plus eleven hundred. <laughs> no, you don't want to have to do some extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> Trent goes on an absolute bender. <laughs> Maybe Whoa. he exposes Rupert. Who knows? Oh shit. That's interesting. Ooh, football finance, yeah, financial baby. fair play. That would be fascinating. Yeah. Well. Uh, this has been fun. Again, sitting in the actual Crown Anchor Pub, recording this preview in London. You know, we're here to watch Chelsea play. We're here with friends. Uh, so cool to get to do it. Pints, the glasses started full. They have ended empty, and the episode is over. Um, please connect with us at Pod Underdogs if you want to see the pub. We've taken our own photos. We've got some yeah. video of recording yeah. inside it. Yeah. Uh, really fun, um, you know, opportunity to kind of see what it's like. Take a few seconds, review us, rate yep. us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It goes a long way to helping us find more lasso heads such as yourself. So anyways, welcome. Season three is upon us. We will be with you every single step of the way. So with that being said, we'll see you on season three, episode one. Yeah.